Thank you, Corwin. Thank you, Daniel. Jesus paid the debt. Uh, we're talking about Thanksgiving, and not because it's uh, we're going to have Thanksgiving coming up at the end of the month, but simply we need to be thankful. I, I believe that's God's desire for us. And so I'm just kind of kind of give you an introduction today of where we're going and what we're going to be doing and some of the things that you can do to be involved. I, I think that's that's important. As I said earlier, our key verse comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And I want you to know that in the original language, it's, it's an imperative, it's a command. It says that we are to give thanks in everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I hope that you will have that memorized by January the 8th, or December the 8th. We're going to come back then and and just have a, a time of celebration for all the things that God has done for us and, and the blessings that are ours. But you know that little verse is preceded by two other verse, one verses. One of them says, rejoice forevermore. Rejoice always. Wow. You want to know something? That's another command. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for me, is that we be a joyful people, that we be rejoicing Throughout life, uh, another one he says, pray without ceasing. In other words, we need to have that line of communication constantly open to our Heavenly Father. And when we do that, we probably aren't going to be very, if we don't do that, we probably aren't going to be very joyful. And I doubt that we are going to be very thankful because we'll be caught up with ourselves and what we don't have and what we want and what we think we should have and how people should treat us. And it really comes back to the fact that we focus on ourselves rather than God and we miss out on the blessing of, of being a thankful people. Well, in this verse, uh, let me just go back over it a little bit. Some of it I've looked at already. It says, in everything, give thanks, no matter what the situation, no matter what's going on in your life, what's taking place, in everything. You all have an easy time doing that? Uh, my hand's just up there kind of hypothetically. Because there are some times I kind of have a hard time being thankful, and yet that's what God says, isn't it? Uh, I read about a, a church where they had a pastor that just seemed to always be thankful and always rejoicing and always everything was, was so great and, and he was thankful for everything. And every morning he'd come to church on Sundays and he'd stand up to pray and his prayer would be so thankful. And one day they came in and, man, it was a brutal day outside. It was blustery. The wind was blowing. It was... Cold. I, I got a picture that I saw from John Ryder the other day. It was four degrees with a minus 17 wind chill over there in Wyoming. And I, ooh, that's cold. And you know, you get those days and sometimes you come in and you're not very thankful. And so a couple of the guys were thinking, well, I wonder what he'll pray for that he's thankful for today. And the pastor stood up and he said, oh, Lord, I'm thankful we don't have many days like this. And I think you can always find something to be thankful for. We can look at things and say, okay, no matter what the circumstances, God can certainly meet our needs and care for us, and we thank the Lord for his blessings, no matter what the circumstances. And uh, we show appreciation, and it's primarily to God. That's what we look at in Scripture, and this is God's will for you. It's part of his decree. It's his, his desired will for all of us that we be thankful. I, I think of the uh, definition of what it is, thankful. Have you ever heard the, uh, the one, an attitude of gratitude? Yeah, that's where it is. We are to have that attitude of gratitude. Uh, 
It should permeate our lives. That should be it. It comes from a Greek word, eucharisteo, or eucharistia, which is the, the noun. And that's a compound of two words, and you has to do with well, and charizomai has to do with to give freely, and it simply came to mean gratitude. Now, if you are in a more traditional church, a liturgical church, you're going to find out that what they do is they call the communion service the Eucharist. And that's where it comes from. It's that Greek word, and it means thanks. It's a service of thanksgiving, and so we're going to look at it that way this morning when we come to it. But it's not just the Lord's Supper. It's not just communion. It's not the Last Supper. It's the Eucharist. It's a time of thanksgiving. And if you remember when Jesus took the bread and the cup, he said he gave thanks for them. And so we give thanks for what God does for us. I looked up in the Webster's Dictionary, and it says, to give thanks is to express gratitude for a favor. It's the acknowledgement to one's kindness that was bestowed on you. And so it's whether giving thanks to God or somebody else, it's expressing gratitude for what somebody's done. So thanks is, is to show appreciation. Are you an appreciative person? You know, if, if you have a husband or a wife, a spouse, and they're out there working all day, and they come home, and they're dead tired, and they got to do things around the house, and they got to get dinner ready, and nobody ever says thank you, it just it gets old, doesn't it? And yet, we ought to be thankful to one another. Jesus Christ is the realm. It says, in everything, give thanks God desires our thanks in Christ Jesus. And that, that, so I would say that means for Christians. We, we start the month, we want to start it as a, as a thankful time. You know, there was a song that was written by Don Moan, and he, it went like this, and, and it isn't that long ago that we used to sing, and it says, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ to you. Give thanks with a grateful heart. I'm going to be thankful if I can open this page. Doesn't want to open. All right. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Christ or Jesus Christ his son. Now let's say the, let the weak say I am strong and the poor say I'm rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And so we look at thanks, and it's simply coming to God. And for the next 35 days, we want to create that habit of thankfulness. We, we want to do it because it's a decision. You know, it's like people say, uh, joyful. Well, I don't feel joyful. Well, it's, it's a decision. It's a choice. You can either be joyful or not be joyful. I'll tell you what, you can be thankful or not be thankful. God's given us that freedom. It's his will that we are but we have to make a decision as to whether we will really do that or not. So I, I want to give you some things that will help us be reminded to be thankful throughout uh, the next 35 days. And if you have this little booklet, take it out. We're going to be looking at it and what it says to do. Uh, number one, I would enjoy, encourage you to join a small group. They'll probably get together and maybe have some food. They're going to have some sharing together. Uh, talk about what we shared on Sunday morning. And so if you're not in a group yet, uh, Corwin's putting those together. In fact, he's already put a number of them together. But if you would like to be one, um, put your 
your name back there in that box or talk to Corwin, talk to me, and we'll make sure that you get into one of those groups because I think when we come together with other people and we're all talking about what we're thankful for, it changes how we see things. So if, if I had my way, every person in this church would be in a small group. You can take your kids along, you work that out, but uh, I, I'd like to see every person, uh, man, woman, young person, in, in one of these small groups to uh, think in terms of thanksgiving. Uh, the next one, if you take this book and open it to that front page, uh, I want to just kind of read down through this a little bit. Um, do you consider yourself joyful, a joyful and happy person? Do you consider yourself a thankful person? That's something you have to decide. I think that's a difficult question. Uh, it depends on what your circumstances are, whether you're at home or you're at work or you're on the freeway and somebody just cut you off or like my neighbor, their car was sitting out in the side of the road by our house and somebody come along about two in the morning and smashed it <laughs> and totally destroyed it. So, you know, there are things that kind of pull at us, but are you a thankful person? One goal of our season of love is that each of us, as well as our church in general, might increase in our thankfulness quotient. That if we had a graph, we would be moving up that graph. One way to do this is to be purposefully thankful over a period of time. You know, I read one study that said if you were trying to uh, develop a, a good habit, it would take 21 days. I, I read another one said it would take about 9 days or 254 days, depending on who you are and what habit you're trying to develop. I don't know, but we're going to go for 35. And uh, hopefully you will become a, a more thankful person, and I will become a more thankful person at that point. So, the first thing, we have a page, and it has a verse. It has to do with Thanksgiving up on the top of us, uh, top of it. And uh, you'll go through every day, beginning November 3rd and uh, through December 7th. For instance, the first verse says, Let peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So the verse is just there. I just picked out some verses that had to do with Thanksgiving. You can read those. But in the morning, you get up in the morning and take time to just think about who God is and praise him. Praise has to do with honoring him and glorifying him. And uh, I think that's so important. There was a song in 1965, and it was sung by the, uh, the We Five. Anybody remember them? All right, thank you, Karen. I got down, down, good. I remember them as well. They sang, when we wake up, when I get up this morning, you were on my mind. Okay, that's enough. Uh, you were on my mind. That's not talking about God. This was not a Christian group, by the way, but I think that should be the idea of each and every one of us. When we get up in the morning, is God on our mind? What are we thinking about? What are we focusing on? You see, if you take time to think about the greatness of God and then write one thing down here as a praise, there's a good chance in time that'll change your outlook on the whole day. You think about God as sovereign and God as omniscient. We were up at family camp this last year, and uh, we were sitting out in a, in a large area circled around, and and we were talking a little bit about God, and I remember Dave Dirks picked up a pine needle. 
and I forget everything you said about it, but it was the idea that God was concerned and understood about that pine needle. He, he understood everything about it. He knew when it fell out of the tree. It was a ponderosa pine needle. So it had three needles grouped together. All of them do that. God knows that because he created them. And, you know, you look at that and you think, wow, God knows and cares about a pine needle. You want to know something? It says in Matthew chapter 10 that the hairs on our head are numbered. Some of us guys, as we get a little older, make it easier on God. He doesn't have to number quite so many anymore. I've noticed that back there. But my dog came in the other day. He's a big old boxer, uh, American bull mix, and uh, weighs 80, 90 pounds, and he just wants me to pet him. And he has hair all over him. He is covered with these little short brown hairs and white hairs, and I began to pet him, and he was shedding, and they were coming out. And I realized that if we have an omniscient God, he knows exactly how many hair are on my dog. Now, that's kind of a dumb illustration, but you get the idea of who God is and what he knows. And you know, it says he cares about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, and we're more important to him than any of those things. And so we have reason to praise God. And so in the morning, get up and, and just write down something about God. Don't write the same thing every day and, and be specific. Praise God. You know when you get done, you're going to have this booklet filled with praises for who God is. Then in the evening, before you go to bed, take time to thank God for one thing. One thing. You know, I, I didn't mention it, but uh, when Jesus was going through the triumphal entry, go back here a minute, and they came because the people were praising him and calling him king, and, and the, the Pharisees came and said, Lord, tell them to be quiet. Do you know what he said? He said, if these people don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And so there is that point where we are to praise God. One of the great praise psalms is found back in uh, the very last psalm of the Bible, Psalms 150. And I want to read it to you this morning just to get that idea of praise. And it's just, just six verses here, but it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him in his mighty deed, for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. This is, this is where we ought to be in the morning. Uh, this is how we ought to be all day long. It says, praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. And I always like to add the, uh, the guitar. It doesn't matter whether it's a rhythm guitar or, or what guitar you're using. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. And then this is the key. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so we are to praise God. And, and, and I hope that this will be a stimulus for you to uh, begin to praise God every day. Spend some time with that. The next thing has to do with giving thanks. Uh, give thanks with a grateful heart. Uh, everything give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It starts with thanksgiving for our Savior. There is a, an old song that we used to sing. It says, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. How many of you know that song? 
Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me your great salvation. So rich and free. I think our thanks ought to start with, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for sending your son and giving him as a sacrifice on my behalf. At the end of the day, we, uh, we need to stop and we need to thank the Lord. So we start out with praise. We end the day with thanksgiving. If you want to sit with a, a spouse or a child, uh, your kids are over there today. They're going to get these same little books that you are. So that when they come home, they can write out their own praise and they can write out their own thanks. And uh, we'll have that for the day. And I, I encourage your parents to help them with that. In Psalms chapter 92, it, it speaks of these two issues that we've just been uh, talking about, the idea of praise and thanksgiving. And in Psalms 92, in the first couple of verses, says, it's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. There you are. Thanks and praise. To declare your loving kindness in the morning, to praise you in the morning and your faithfulness, thanksgiving by night. And, you know, you may want to walk that little verse down someplace. It's Psalms 92, 1 and 2, but it talks about what we're doing uh, today. Praise is is to praise him for who he is. To thank is to thank him for what he's done. And those should be part of it. it it's really part of prayer. Have you ever thought about that? We, we use that acrostic, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I gave you another acrostic a while back, and it has to do with pray. And the first P has to do with praise. When you start to pray to God, praise Him for who He is. You know, it begins to change your prayer life when you do this. Praise Him for who He is. The second thing has to do with repentance. God changes me. When I submit to God and I admit my sin and I confess it and I say the same thing He does about it, then there's going to be a transformation in my mind. I'm not going to be the same anymore. God changes me when I repent. The third thing about that prayer is appreciation. And that's what we're talking about. Praise on the first one. The third one is appreciation. Thanks for what he's done for me. Thank you for what you did today, Father. Thank you that I had a hot dog. We kind of chuckle at that. But shouldn't we thank God for the hot dog? You know, a lot of times we say the blessing. God calls us to say, to say grace, to give thanks for the food we have. Jesus did that when he broke the food and gave it to the 5,000, it's, it's a natural thing. We see that kind of thanks continually. But so often we say, Lord, thanks for the food. Bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Boom, we go on. And that's the prayer. It's the same thing. You know, we may teach our kids rope prayers, and we say, what? You know, when we get, if they get older, they're going to change. They're going to be better. But if we listen to how we pray at the dinner table, we do the same thing. So why not stop and say, Lord, thanks for the hot dog and for the mustard that went on it. And take time to really give thanks and focus on the things God does for us. So there's a appreciation. And then the last one is your requests. The R. But I don't think it's a matter of just saying, Lord, I want this and I want this and I want this. When we pray to God and we intercede for someone else or we pray on our own behalf in terms of our needs, 
it really shows a reliance, and I like that R, a reliance on God. When we make a request, it should be that we are relying on you for this, Father. It isn't that we can just go get it on our own, but we know that you're the great provider and that you make it available to us. So pray, praise, repent, appreciation, and for your request, your reliance on God. So we want to, uh, want to be a small group. I encourage you to take this book and every morning write out a praise. Every evening write out something you're thankful for. You're going to have a great little journal that you can take with you afterwards and look back on and go, wow, look at what God did for me this, this month. And then uh, the next thing I want you to do is thank somebody. One person each week. That's all. One person. One person here at church. If you want to do more than one person, you want to do people outside of church, that's great. But take time to either write a note, handwritten, text, or call them and tell them something you appreciate about them. Do you know how that will change their lives? Man, somebody called me today and thanked me for, and it may be that they work with the kids out there and, and uh, you just don't see them, but they're there, or maybe they help mow the lawn, or they do that. Maybe they've come over and helped you. Maybe it's just that they talk to you when nobody else was talking to you. And you give them a call, and you let them know that you're thankful. And so that's the, the next thing we do. And then the, the last thing I want to bring to your attention, if you all turn back and you look at those limbs out over there, you see that brown on the wall? That is a tree. It's... Uh, it's got some different colors to it. It's got some limbs running across it. Uh, it's rather a contemporary tree, right? Uh, we had a couple of our ladies come and do that for me, and I am so thankful for that. But you know, down in that basket, there are some leaves. We're going to get some bigger leaves. And when you come in on Sunday morning, right now it's just bare. It's kind of a winter tree. It really needs help. So when you come in on Sunday morning, I want you to... Take one of those little Sharpies and write out something you're thankful for this week and drop it in the other basket, and then we're going to pin it on that tree. I'm hoping, I'm expecting that by the end of our time of praise, Jan December 8th, that tree is going to be covered with leaves. Isn't that going to be great? And they're all colored, and it's going to be beautiful. And, and so I want you to put your praises and your thanksgivings on there so that we can see them and we can read them later on and just look at what people here are thankful for in the church. So this is going to be a month of thanksgiving. Take this home. Do you know what's going to happen? Sometimes in your Bible studies, any of you ever been in a Bible study or reading through the Bible and you get behind a day or two or five days? Anybody do? I'll catch up. Can't do that with this. It's got the date on it. You can only do it on the right day. So you got to You can't. You can't get behind. And it's every day. And if you do get behind, you miss a day. Then that's okay. Just skip that day, and go to the next day. Don't cheat. <laughs> can't come back and do it later. Be sure you do it on time. So anyway. That's the only way it works because that's when it becomes habitual. You do it every day, you know, and, and we do that. So I, I trust that this will be a time of encouragement for you, a time of blessing. Uh, 
Don't forget our dinner. Be sure to sign up for that. It's going to be a special time. And now we're going to go to our thanks service, our thanksgiving service. It's the Eucharist in which we thank God for Jesus Christ and what he did for us. We thank him for um, the shedding of his blood. We thank you him for the, the giving of his body. Uh, I want to take you just very quickly, and then we're going to stand and, and sing a song. Um, Matthew 26, 26 to 30. And it's, it's the, um, what we call the Last Supper, when Jesus was there with his disciples. And you get the idea as we look at this. Matthew 26, verse 26 through 30. <clears throat> and while they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my, the blood of, my, of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of, of blood, as we've said before, there's no forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now and until the day when I drink it anew in my Father's kingdom. And after singing a hymn, they went out. Well, it starts out with the bread, and it says that he blessed it. And we see other places where it actually says he gave thanks for it. But in the idea of blessing, blessing is to speak well. It, it has the idea of praise. It has the idea of um, almost a compliment or speaking well of, of what he has. And then he talked about giving thanks for the cup. And thanks here is the Eucharist, and it means to be grateful, thankful. It would be like giving thanks at a meal. And then they sang a song and went out. So I'm going to ask that we bow our heads and we pray. Um, Corwin, are you going to be praying as we have the guys come up? So if you and Daniel would take your places up here, and then we're going to sing, and I'm going to ask our men that are going to be serving communion to take their places at uh, the communion table, the Eucharist table. So let's bow in prayer, shall we? Father, you know, it's just been a quick morning of going through and looking at what we're going to do. But I pray that we would certainly be a more thankful people a more thankful body of believers to you, to one another too, but Father, especially to you, recognizing the blessings that are ours. And it, it comes from uh, habitual action. It comes from every day, waking up and praising you for who you are. It, it, it comes from every night, taking time to give thanks for what happened during the day. Maybe just one thing, Father, one little thing. doesn't have to be big. But, Father, I believe when we do that, it, it changes our hearts. It changes who we are. I, I pray for the small groups that are going to be getting together this week, starting this week, Father. And just the time that the people there spend together and, and share together. And I pray, Father, that it would just be a, a, a time of building relationships, of growing fellowship, but... More than that, it would be a stimulation to cause us to reflect on who you are 
and uh, to give thanks for the blessings we have. Father, I, uh, I pray for each person as they take that little booklet and they take time to read and reflect on the day and stop to think about who you are, Father. And, and for each of us, I pray it would make a change in our hearts and our minds drawing us closer to you, that we wouldn't just throw them aside when we get home, but we would take time to really get involved with praising and thanking you. And then, Father, for a time of just thanking others, getting on the phone or writing a text or getting a card and writing a note and just saying, wow, I appreciate what you did for me yesterday. I appreciate the kind words. I I appreciate your actions. Uh, just, just a little thing. They don't have to be big. Father, help us to become more thankful to one another. It takes away all the negative and the critical spirit and causes us to be more joyful, more positive. And it's what you command. It's what you desire of us. And if we love you, we say we love you, but we don't follow your commands, Father. The Bible says that's not true. We don't love you. And so help us to be faithful to what you've called us to do and to be thankful. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Jesus Christ, we name we pray. Amen.